Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Testing, testing. Testicle, testicle. Hello, 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 hello. If I get really passionate, this will be my level, but hello. I feel like you would get louder than that if you were passionate. I don't it's know fine. how passionate I can get about white women, so let's see. <gasps> as Rose is, I'm not here. offended. Actually, I, I you know, Rose is white. That's oh my god! Um, uh, thank you, but I know that we're mad problematic. <laughs> there was this really funny TikTok I saw of this girl being like watching another girl be annoying, and she's like, "Oh man, I am a feminist, but like women, you make it so hard, hard. to like support each other." And I, in my mind, I was like, "White people, you make it so hard to support you." That's but how no, I feel. It's fine. It's okay. I love them though. We're really entertaining. Oh, sorry. Go. It's your podcast. <laughs> We're just going to talk about white women. We, we should are. have a podcast called White Women. White women. Dear White Women. Oh, Dear Jesus. White Women. Oh, oh my God. God. There's probably already a podcast that's already called Dear White Women out there. Would it be problematic or would we fix their problems? It depends. That's the slogan. <laughs> it depends okay. who you're asking. Because that's someone's true. watching just like that or not. Okay. With that, I guess we'll start. I don't even know what to call this little segment. It's fine. I guess we'll just start and figure it out. I think you should call it, and just like that, Broke Girl Therapy had an emergency podcast <laughs> with two of her friends. <laughs> it's like the longest title you've ever had. That is so long and like not like catchy, that. but we'll figure it out. Uh, Broke Girl Therapy in the city. It's hilarious. Okay. I am in the city, though. We have to do this every week. No, no, I'm no we say, have we to. We are doing this every week, you guys. This will be an, a, like a, a bonus episode yeah. every week as you know when it's like up. And but the, and but we also got to figure it right out. Now? Yeah, we are. I guess I should start. Um, okay, go. Start, guys. Start. <laughs> Broco Therapy is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do? Would you go for a run, take a nap, read a book, show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I mentioned before that I went back to therapy and that was the best decision I've ever made because every time I leave a session, I do feel like I just got so much off my chest. I've been suffering with so much anxiety because I feel like sometimes I don't have time. I don't have time to get all this stuff done or I feel like I'm not worthy of doing a good job of the things that I have to do. And I know that stems from a lot of ADHD. So talking to my therapist, she really gives me the space to just vent and have those emotions. And she validates that and gives me the tool sets 
to be able to continue my day and to give me that confidence to remind myself that like I got this. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BrokeGirl today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash BrokeGirl. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out the Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Find the Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. Hi guys, it's me, Stephanie Megan, your host of Broco Therapy. I guess the fuck what? We got Roseanne hey. McAleese and Jessica motherfucking Clark, bitch. It's me. And I'm we, back. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I just like interrupted you. Fine. It's fine. Anyways, so we are doing a bonus episode for Sex in the City's new show and Just Like That. So every week when a new episode comes out... We'll be talking about it because we have a lot of opinions. And also, a listener requested that I make a segment out of this. That is so cool. Love that for her. Shout out to that listener. And it's so on brand because I always refer to Sex in the City. And it's just my life. I mean, I just have to do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Say no more. Okay. Say less. So, <laughs> so this, we're recording this episode on Monday, December 13th. Only the first two episodes have aired. Um, there's a new episode every Thursday um so okay so i have questions about that because hbo max sometimes like they'll do like i don't know if you guys are watched secret life or sex lives of college girls okay but like didn't you think it was weird they released three episodes and two Two. episodes so like i don't know how they're gonna release the episodes but yes i think it is two each two a week three but i guess they do two a week okay so we'll probably get two this thursday then Hopefully. Hopefully we'll find okay. out we'll, and we'll, we'll figure it out next week. We'll do another, the, another one of these. So we'll, yeah. we'll have more information by then. But for now we're just going to review the first two oh episodes God. of, and I hate the fucking name and just like that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's so, it's, it's weird because I, that's not a Carrie catchphrase. Like when I think of Carrie's famous catchphrases, that's not the one that comes I to mean, mind. She does say it, but yeah, it's not like, I don't think it's a worthy catchphrase to kind of like highlight I think you know how there's one opinion that I have and I'm very strong about this opinion. A lot of people are trying to duplicate the blueprint of Insecure. I think they've seen that because if you notice Insecure has a a title just is just very uh, every season has like um, that kind of catchy catchy has like three three lines Mm -hmm. and then it's like you know like the fuck and then whatever it is so just like that you know it's just like that um it's just like that on the sex oh, in the I city thing i do remember friends used to do that with their titles yeah too. friends were like oh the episode where yeah like it's kind of like a really yeah. funny trope that tv has been doing for a really long time but like to your point yeah like i feel like insecure is really like taking advantage uh, yeah, of that i've when never noticed theme. it before then, and that's why I referenced it. That was my first knowledge of it. But I wasn't a real big Friends girl. But I like, mean, I, <laughs> my dog loves that show. I put it on in the background. For I do her. like that show, but I'm not like a huge fan, fan. right? Yeah, but, but I yeah, watched it just I like mean, that. The title 
I really don't care. Yeah, because it's it's not like, I don't know. I feel like now I'm blanking, but I felt like I had a better title. I thought there should have been a better title for this show because Carrie has so many of those phrases where it's like, you know. Like, what would she have I always think of it as like, which made me wonder, which is like a famous Carrie thing where it's like, do you need to be a sneakerhead to give head? Like, that's weird. You know what I mean? Like, she would do like funny things like that. Like, are we all relationship Less or less with relationships. Like mm, she always more. did like right. funny, funny like puns. puns. Wordplay. Yeah, but it would always it. be like, you know, and I wondered or which made me wonder, you know, that famous right. you know sorry, that famous me. I'm sorry. She's being rude. She's a fan of the show. She is a huge fan. But I also do have to think it's very important. Who are you? Like in the sense of like, you know how I think that I'm a Samantha yeah. with like a Miranda Rice. Hundred percent. Okay. Mm, I'm none of those women. You don't Sorry. identify with any of them? You don't no. identify with any of them? Did you like the show? Like, did you I did. love Sex and the City? I did. I didn't love it. I liked it. I watched it. Okay. But at the end of the day, it is four white women in New York. So there's right. only so much I can identify but with the them. Personality but the personality traits. But the personality traits. None of them? I, I can see myself a part of me in each of them in Word. some way, shape, or form. But then I don't watch it. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so Carrie. Or, um, and I don't yeah. really think that's big in the black community anyway. But um, this season to me was more striking, I guess, because it was more relevant to me. And I do, now that I'm talking about it, they probably did that because now as a black woman, I can watch it and I can, I, I think there's just more relevance to my life right mm-hmm. now than in the previous other seasons, if that makes sense. Because there's people that look like you look being like reflected me. in the yeah. show. Well, so slowly. if anything, I can identify most with the, the professor lady. Right. I mean, I was about to say, they've only introduced <laughs> two okay. black yeah, characters so right. far, but apparently this entire season. But I can see a part of me, Miranda. I can see a part mm. of me, Carrie. I think, I think we could all kind of, they did a really good job with like each of the characters because you could see a little bit of yourself in each one each one yeah. right exactly you know? so that's why that's why the show has been like so amazing because i think like you said like you're samantha but then like uh miranda rising or something yeah because, exactly like, <laughs> you do, like for me it's like i'm a carrie but there is a bit of charlotte in me and mm-hmm. a little bit sometimes i could be a little bit of samantha back in the day maybe not as successfully but, but it was cute it was, but it was cute. cute it was there there was a moment yeah and so you know and there's a little bit of more it's just like i feel like there's a little bit of percentage of something but mm, right I think for me i just identify as carrie obviously because she's like a sex columnist and loved fashion and like i think that's kind of like why that's i definitely identify. Honest. yeah yeah you know it's also a really weird show in the sense that it was like not made for us and that it was like we were tea like preteens kind of like when the height of the show so it is really interesting to like watch it like in this stage in our lives and like really identifying it because like I had a conversation with my mom and my mom was like yeah any woman at that time at that age was like fuck that show like right. it's so well just because they felt like I it was anti-feminist mm. and like it was like low-key weird and it's four white women in New York that seem like not to have to worry about money right. and like it, it seemed like so f- like Far. fantasy yeah. and, and like I, and at that our age when it first came out we were on the same level playing field because we were so young and so it's almost like oh it was almost Kind of, kind of like watching a Disney princess or something like yeah, that. It, it was just, yeah. it was fantasy to us. It, exactly. But it now we're watching it. Or if we, even if we watch those seasons now in our lives, I'm sure we may have different feelings about it when we're watching it 
at this age because now we're on a level playing field with them now at yeah. this age. Yeah, and like like you said, like I wouldn't ever, you know, I never thought that that was going to be my life and that's not what I wanted my life to be. And so right. it was like fun to watch. Just right. to like exaggerated, exaggerated kind of fairy yeah. tale. Yeah. Of and wanted. like I, and that's why I like loved the show and especially like really loved it when I like, I wrote a sex column for a magazine, Frank 151, called The Tinder Tales. And it wasn't until <laughs> someone that. in the comments was like, oh fuck, like this is very Carrie Bradshaw where I was like, wow, I've never actually, I was like 25 when this happened. I was like, I've never actually watched that show like from start to finish. Right. Like I've heard of it and like people right. would like cite it to me, but I was like, ah, I've never actually sat down and watched it. And that was like when HBO Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember oh, that pun. streaming service, <laughs> HBO Now was a thing. And then I just like sat down and like watched the entire season. And now it's like, it is one of my favorite shows. I love that right, show. Right. I'm definitely a diehard I fan. It. I know all the like, you know, trivia and like shit like that, but it's fantasy and it's right. fun to watch. It's not yeah. something I like think is uh, necessarily quote unquote like maybe healthy, right? But mm. I mean, whatever people it's watch to put on and not have to think, but also it's just kind candy. of fantasy. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Candy. I like I think, sparkly but I things. I think the old, the actual Sex in the City is candy. Just yes. like that to me is not candy. It's not. No, and I agree. I think that just like that, I feel like okay. So I have a theory that I feel like more people would theories. like the show if it wasn't Sex in the City. Like yes. if it was just like there isn't a show for women in that age range, right? right? And I think that's really important to show like diversity in age, especially in the sense that like we understand that these are privileged white women, but like privileged white people acting badly has always done well on TV. Right. I mean, White Lotus was successful. Right. I didn't understand that show, but like people I love that show. Lo- see and. So it's like, that's not like just sometimes there are shows you watch, even if you don't see yourself reflected in it, because you're like, this is entertainment. Like, I mean, I never like... I love The Wire, but like it was just because it was a I good show. I love Girls Club it, back in the day. Don't mean I'm a bad girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're just like it's entertainment. Right. It's whatever. It's, yeah. So I always felt like, and just like that, seemed like Michael, who is the showrunner and creator of the show, was like trying to do a show about women in their sixties and fifties. Yes. And like what their lives look right. like. And having to combat or like interact with new age feminism mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. He was HBO probably was like no, and he was like, well, what if I just reboot Sex and the City? And they're like, absolutely. Right. So it almost feels I don't know. It just like it's a brand new show. Yeah, yeah. that's what my that's what I was telling um, Steph. I was just saying that it doesn't. If you watch it with the lens or the idea that you're going to get Sex and the City, you're not going to enjoy it. But if you go in with a fresh lens as this is a new... Because these are grown women. If these women were doing the same things in their 50s and 60s as they were doing in their 20s and 30s... We'd they'll be, be like, we've done this be, it, it, would be, it would be wrong. It wouldn't be true to nature. It wouldn't be true to their characters. And Because I think what they're trying to show is a story. Mm-hmm. And stories right. and people... Just stories just like people, they evolve. Yep. So they're not, Carrie's not going to be slinging puss... Yeah, well, she might. New York. She might. <laughs> she might now that she's she single, might. but not like the way she was. True. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. I think like I love Facts. it because I it really relates to like. Also, guys, I should have said this before. Spoiler alerts. <laughs> we haven't done Hella. any spoilers yet, but we're gonna get into the spoilers later. But I really loved it because I feel like it's kind of like how I see Brokaw therapy. Like at mm. first, it's really like okay, we're it's me just trying to get navigate mm. through life and trying to find the love of my life, and then I do, but then it doesn't mean the story ends there. It's yeah. all about the growth of the person because I think when we date and we, you know, go through all these different relationships, like we find 
out so many things about ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I think it's more so like, yeah, it's talking about dating and sex, but it's more so the journey of the characters, kind of like Brokel Therapy with right. me and like you guys and stuff. It's a journey of all of us. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's why I love it. I mean, should we get into like what the show, like what happened in the show? Yes. Rose. Okay, so when I used to work at that horrific social club, okay, The Wing, <laughs> we had a member by the name of Chelsea Fairless who was so dope, so tight and so amazing. Her and her best friend Lauren run this amazing uh, Instagram account Love called. that account. It's so good. It's Every Outfit, S-A-T-C, so Every Outfit oh, on Sex, Sex in the City. City. They have a book called We All Should Be Mirandas. It's a really funny book that actually, like, it, it changed my perspective on Sex and City where I was like, oh my God, wait, this is like a district. You could teach this. Right. Probably be a class at NYU, <laughs> but no, no, nowhere else. But so I kind of, I was following that account and I kind of like knew that Big was going to die. Like I, I mm. knew, I did. I just was so shocked that it like happened, happened immediately. The, mm. Right. Right. And then as a writer, I was like, oh, that makes sense because the way I see it is, We've only seen Carrie's never really had big, right? Like he's he's right. they've their their happiness is a lot shorter amount of a time than it was their like dating and like right, struggle. Right. She was always chasing after him. They're exactly. Always back and forth. Do you, don't you think it was interesting how the lady at the funeral was like? Isn't it? She said something along like like oh the Suzanne, lines, yeah, she, I love she, her she, she was like. Isn't it crazy? Does then no one else remember the way, like yeah. how bad he treated her? Which is crazy because you remember how we know Suzanne. Suzanne is the one who had the husband that was like mad, verbally abusive to her, and like mm. she, you know she would always buy her the like cashmere sweaters. So I thought right. it was so funny that oh. Suzanne was like, "I forgive you," and it was like <laughs> because we what I'm so confused. Like you're mad because your husband's on death. I don't know, right, but like right. yes, that and part that to me that was me so up. interesting because it's so. Again, it's about romanticizing things, how we romanticize. Um, and just because, I mean, he's dead, obviously, so you're going to remember the great things about him. True. Right. But it was just interesting how it kind of stirs up your feelings in a little way. It's like, oh, yeah, I do remember. He kind of he kind of was whack. Was whack yeah. to her. He left her at the altar. Yeah. Yeah. He was okay. fucked up. I was never a big fan of Big. Who were you a fan of then? Aiden. Who did you? Oh, you were an Aiden girl. Well, okay, I, I I know that she didn't really love Aiden, but I think she needed to be with a guy like Aiden. But she's also addicted to the fun and the thrill and the chase. That's mm. why she ended up with someone like Big. I think my problem is I love I love the actor Chris North who plays Big. Yeah. So I'm always like, yeah. am I a big girl or am I just or do I just like Chris? You know what I mean? Like it's very weird. Were you like? But were you, like, you liked Big? I kind of I kind of was, but I didn't know if it was because of the amazing actor that I just like <laughs> yeah. admire and thought was a good actor. Well, they also try to narrate it for you to really fall in love with their relationship, their back and forth relationship. And I, but I think yeah. in real life, like in real life, outside of Sex in the City, you need someone who isn't going to fucking complicate things. Yeah, like, you need an Aiden. If Carrie was my friend, I'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, none of her friends were like that, which right. is funny. But then, are we not seeing? Uh, and the fact that none of her friends were like that, I think. You know, even when if someone's problematic, there but there's at the core of them they're good. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes we hang on to what's on at the core right. and then dismiss the BS that you know right. they portray. He's a great person, exactly. Just... And so it's kind of like trying to fit a circle in a triangle yeah. kind of situation. It's like you keep trying to, and the moment you actually get it to fit, he di- fit he dies. So yep. <laughs> I, yeah, and I think that was like really. Uh, so I how mean, do we how do we feel about him being dead? <laughs> As, like a the fan, whole scene, the whole as a fan, as a fan, 
it breaks my heart. Yeah. First of all, ugh, she had to be wearing those shoes. Like that was also <laughs> another like callback that right. like, because those are the shoes she wears she it, yeah. and he puts them on the Cinderella moment at right. the end of the movie. So I was right. like, oh, I hate that you did that to me. Right. Also, she should have called 911. She should have called 911. We all agree on Girl, that. Girl, she should have called. He was, his Jesus, eyes were fluttering. Somebody. His arm was moving. Right. Jonah Hill he posted it. Alive. I he agree. He was still alive. He was still alive. But I, I mean, but I was telling Steph also as I think it, it's real. Obviously, I was like, just call the ambulance. But yeah. I think when you're in sh- that much shock, shock yeah. you're yeah. like, if I'm what if I run and grab my phone and I miss his last moments? Yeah. So I think you're kind of in that space conflicting, like just shock. Just sh- and you're shock. just in a state of shock and you're paralyzed in that yeah. moment. But the moment I w- would see him move. That would be the moment, like, I'm going to grab my... It's not like we're living in the 1980s. Like, no. you ha- you can grab your cell phone. You don't have to call in the landline. No. Yeah. You know? There's no cord There's that no you have cord to stretch right. through stretch the rooms. Through. <laughs> right. Yeah. I will say, though, I'm more sad about Samantha not being there than Big Dying. Yeah. yeah. I just think... I think it's so... I, I love... I love our girl, SJP. I love Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> However, I think the weird even commentating that they did about Samantha's character. And it's mm. like, will she ever forgive me? It just felt like, I don't know if the, like the writers were trying to do something by being like, maybe, maybe she could come back. Maybe she could come back. But like, I, I thought don't know. She was going to come back at the, you know, she, she would have been at the funeral. I don't care what anyone yeah, said. She would have been, yeah. been at that funeral. That's flowers. She no. So the thing flight. for me was, I thought the knock at the door when it was the ashes, I thought that was going to be Samantha. No, no she's not in the no, season her, at all. Her like the real Samantha, like it is not agreeing to be on the show. Like because her and Sarah Jessica Parker have beef. Really? In yeah. real life, Ooh, which is, is some why, yes, they have serious beef about with each what? other. About pay, pay. And then also just like the fame of like, you know, she was the only actress getting naked. Like Kim Cattrall was the only girl that was like actually showing her titties. She was the and sex. Then, yeah. She was the sex. Was and the then sex. slowly people, but people got people related on. to her the most, which is so interesting. But you act like that ever affects actresses' right. egos. Like yeah. they don't give a fuck <laughs> if they're the main character. Like, you know, right. if you think about it, like Terrence Howard could be like, you know, the fucking Don Cheadle in the Marvel right. world, but he had to be wiling out on the fucking set of Iron Man. And they were like, you could be easily replaced, bro. So like, yes, no, ego has nothing to do with it. But like Kim Cattrall and SJP definitely had some beef like mm. off the set and then basically I feel like you know I feel really bad for like you know Miranda and Charlotte the actresses in real life that like had to kind of like choose in the sides and right. in the middle they and they the obviously paycheck, honey. I mean I, and I respect the check <laughs> I but I just also just feel like it just I, I, I think the show with, like, without her though I think the comedic relief in the show was kind of drained out I think she added it's terrible I think she right. added the lightness she the did. fun the like she would always see something inappropriate and quirky and sexy yes. and she was always doing something outlandish but then this was very like satire yeah these two s- and then <laughs> they're trying to make the comedic relief be Stanford and it doesn't work yeah. and Stanford it looks so bitch I don't like right. what they're doing with Stanford's character which he passed away I, which is crazy in, in real, real life, life. oh yeah. really yeah. yeah so I like I like that him and Anthony don't have the best marriage and it's like really kind of funny and tongue in cheeky yeah, but that's like the only comedic relief that was but, in the show but then he, they're talking about he's at a funeral talking about yeah I need to be her I don't know the way that they're treating Stanford I'm like that's not my Stanny like right. I'm that's not season six Stanny like that's weird I, I don't know I just like but I uh, but I, I do like, like the way that they then. kind of like wrote 
uh, Samantha's character not being there. Like, I feel like, I I don't know. For me, I went in there thinking, like, really low expectations. Like, oh, they're just going to kind of ignore it. But I think... Rose, you're giving me a dirty look. I think they did a good job. Of I how, think they did too. I think like, the, 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 the they only, showed emotions about it. The only thing it. better that they could have done is had her in the show, which she wasn't going to be in anyway. Right. How would you have written it? I would have killed her off because <laughs> no, because now, what if she decides thing, to change dies, her mind? But here's dies. the thing. Here's the thing, though. I would have killed off Samantha only because you're just the heart wrenchingness of the fans being like, "That's not the Samantha we know." Samantha would have gotten right. a overnight flight. The way that they've built her up over the fucking seven years that this show was on the air, Samantha would have gotten on a flight, mm. would have flown to fucking New York to be there for her best friend, who was the maid of honor. Samantha was anti-marriage and agreed to be the maid of fucking honor at her wedding with yeah. big and when big and uh big left uh, carry at the altar fucking samantha was on the phone being like she bitch was, we're all going right. to cabo we're all going to mexico mm, city like right. samantha was like the one that was like the ground hold like yeah. when miranda's mom died and samantha just couldn't get herself to cry it was the only moment that miranda needed is when she watches her from across the church and Samantha starts crying and just says, I'm sorry. And Miranda just holds her chest and she's like, thank you. That's like, and that was like, I just think the way that they built up Samantha's character, it's just so it's, disrespectful feels, just to have her just be like in London. It, I don't know. It just doesn't feel in London. like my yeah. Samantha. I guess for me, it's because I, I still want it to be like an open-ended thing. Like I'm still rooting for her to come back. So I if they killed does. her off, I would be pissed because I'd be like, wait, no, I would want her to eventually come back. I have a question though. Yeah. What are the negative pe- things people are saying about the show? Because I know you were saying, Steph, that a lot of people, the reviews you're reading, everyone was saying it sucked, but you liked it right. so what were you hearing oh and rose i know you read some as well what were you guys hearing i well, think kind of the whole samantha thing is one yeah, thing mm-hmm. and then also just like people are upset about the whole big situation and like how no one called 911 and also that he died but i just feel like they needed to kill him off why yes. do you feel that way because i i i what i love about it is like I mean, I know that we look at Sex in the City as kind of like this this fantasy world, but I do like that, you know, it's it's in this new show, it's like it feels so much more real because we, you know, during our youth, we're like just going around dating, fucking whatever, and trying to find the love of our lives. And we find that we're happy, but the realistic, like, okay, sorry, I can't even talk right now. But in reality, you know, you're with someone until you break up or someone dies. Mm. And I think it's amazing to kind of show like the end of that relationship and the mm-hmm. realisticness of like the fact that like, yeah, like someone had to die. Yeah. And I agree. And also I think it's really interesting to see like, okay, so you're in your fifties, your husband dies. What do you do after? Mm-hmm. You know, who are we you ne- after? Who are you after? Because most of our lives we're trying to like, especially Carrie trying to chase after this man and you get him, you're happy. And then he goes, what do you do after? Mm-hmm. And I feel like no one ever really talks about that. I think we're always so wrapped up in like, the journey of getting there, but what happens when you do get there and afterwards? Yeah. And I think that's where the drama lies because we already saw the worst drama that big and Carrie could go through, which was the first movie. Right. So like them being together and having like spats and marriage, I don't think would have, that's not the show. It would have been. Yeah. Yeah. The show is all about friendship. Really? I mean, that's the thing I love. And that's the thing I, I, I like the show. Oh my God. My, 
my bestie neighbor, Alyssa, is going to hate me for saying that. I really like And Just Like That because, if anything, it really highlights how much of a beautiful relationship Carrie has with Miranda and Charlotte. Like, the scenes... Oh, my God, I'm getting teary. I just think about it. But, like, the scenes of Miranda in bed with her and, like, curls up to... I'm sorry. I can't stand Charlotte this season. She made me cringe the whole way through. But is that not Charlotte, though? but, but, But the thing is... It was almost cringe the point that it was triggering the way she she was acting because okay it, why was I it triggering that. for you it was triggering because the lack of the self awareness and I don't know if I would be friends with someone that would make that moment about themselves even if it is but that's just me maybe mm-hmm. and Carrie right. I think she has the capacity to handle Charlotte because she knows her so well right. but at the same time I'm like my husband just died. And you're literally, you're not even crying because of this, the sadness of the situation, you're crying but you're you, crying because you felt like it was you who killed him. Mm. And now I, who's actually the real griever has to console you and convince you that it wasn't that you didn't kill him. Yeah. Like, and so it was great for me at the, um, closest to the end of it when Carrie started shout, like almost screamed, like I should have been there. Yeah. You know, I think that was the first time that I, that I said, okay, that was the first time I felt like almost justified that, because I think it also annoyed me that Carrie didn't say anything about it. Um, you know about, about to charlotte about yeah to charlotte right. until the and so i think when she actually screamed that and but even after that she was like it's okay come in and i was just like charlotte ain't a good friend i i agree i understand where you're coming yeah. from but i also feel like that's so charlotte that's what i was gonna say it's like it's such her character but it's like but she is a good friend older. She is a good friend, but I think in this moment she wasn't being a good friend. And I think that sometimes in friendship, people sometimes slack in certain areas. It yeah. doesn't make them like a bad person. It doesn't make them all around a bad friend. It's just like she's just having a really she's having a bad friend moment. And I right. think that that's real. In that's the wrong time to have a bad friend moment. I'm but you sorry. sometimes can't control <laughs> it though. Yeah, sometimes. But then every <clears throat> single like literally it was at the funeral. Then it was um at the no sorry not at the funeral at the funeral home when they went to go and see, see like, but she had crying. it together at the funeral and she walked the crazy that well the, the drunk secretary home i'm just saying there was moments that she was able to be like oh suck up those baby tears right. but you then know? but then you come to my house and, and and i think to my point carrie didn't even invite her to come to that house because she couldn't handle it yeah. But then she gets confronted and then she's able to handle it. But she starts crying then too. And then even, even Carrie was like, and look, you're crying right now. Exactly. But didn't they end the scene with them come in the but, house yes, and have their resolution? I totally agree. But to me, Charlotte was just triggering. I didn't like it. Yeah. Didn't care for it. <clears throat> I also think because unfortunately within shows and how you have to tell shows, there this season only has 10 episodes and it's 30 minutes. Right. So it's like resolution and conclusion come really fucking close together and so right. you're kind of like that's not how it normally would happen but I also feel like with what was happening with Charlotte too is I feel like Charlotte has always been the perfectionist and like has always just kind of had this like I've been kind of jealous of people who are Charlotte where like things happen and they could just be like okay you know what I mean mm-hmm. and just handle like it, yeah. handle it and brush it off that's have me. like their <laughs> bawling moments and then just be like you're right I made that about myself but we're still friends, right? And like Carrie might be still upset, but like Charlotte's naivety is just so pure sometimes mm-hmm. that I get why 
she allows that to happen. And also, case in point, I do think that the reason why Carrie allows Charlotte to have those moments of, like Steph was saying, a bad friend is there was an entire fucking episode that they had to have an intervention with Carrie to be like, stop talking about big. You have not asked us how we're doing. Mm -hmm. You have not checked in with any of us. Bitch, this entire episode, all you've been talking about is you and big, 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 big. I do think that, I do appreciate, I think the friendship starts to sprout at the end when they were able to have that real conversation by the elevator. Yeah. I think that really showed, you know, the maturity of their their relationship. So that's when, literally was at the end when I was like, okay, now this makes sense. Yeah. You know? And I will say that I have a friend who doesn't like the show because she thinks that Charlotte's and Miranda's storylines should be switched. Mm -hmm. She thinks Charlotte's the one that would be making the microaggressions and saying weird things. I would agree. Now, I this is where I disagree because I think Charlotte would say a microaggression and go, someone would be like, that's not right. And she'd be like, okay. And then yeah. just like carry on. Yeah. But oh, it's you're Miranda. Talking about the race, are you talking about the race yes. thing? Yeah. Oh, but I think yeah, it's I, really yes, great for Miranda. Especially. I think it's so great for Miranda. I think it's great for Miranda, but I think at one point, my prediction is Charlotte's going to come across the same thing too. Absolutely. And Miranda's probably going to te- be the white savior <laughs> for her. Right, exactly. And for me, that whole, now I didn't know we'll move on to the race thing. That Let's too, that. Yeah, that Let's thing, go. that was triggering for me too. Absolutely. I was yeah. just like, wow. But I was just, It was cringy It was sure. very, very, very cringy. Like, and I think what I have a short fuse for is just overall self-awareness when people lack self-awareness. I think that just triggers me because I feel that I'm such a self-aware person and that I'm always thinking about other people I'm always trying to put myself trying to be objective so when someone isn't like that it doesn't have that that foresight it bothers me Mm -hmm. and so and obviously as a black woman as well I was just like yeah I did appreciate um I, I did have to like talk this through with Seth and stuff but I think there's just levels of um black women in that I think because I have was raised in Ghana around all black people, I've been exposed to great black culture. I'm Jamaican. I'm from England. I think there's an identity for me that isn't as um, um, confusing. Uh, no, I'm confusing, but more um, uh, I'm not as traumatized. Mm-hmm. as african-american women are that's right. a privilege i have so i right. have the privilege to be able to have a bit more patience with white people so i would say i'm more like the lawyer um because I, i'm willing to do that because i don't think african women african-american women all they've gone through in the history should have to do what that black lawyer did on she shouldn't show. be teaching she shouldn't have to yeah. explain and she i think she handled it so eloquently um because but I do appreciate at the same time, Miranda did take the initiative to actually go to a class. And right. she actually took the initiative to actually have a black professor. Mm-hmm. And she's not always going to get it right, which is okay. But I'll rather, and even the times when she like spoke up and was trying to be like, she works here and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Obviously, that's annoying. But I was telling Steph, I'd rather a white person say something and it be off-putting than not say anything at all. Right. Because at least when that... 
that's the first step that's the most that's the scariest step is just speaking up mm-hmm. once you do speak up we can kind of shift you from zero right. to 50 right. you know but if you just don't have the courage to say anything at all that's when it becomes just you difficult. can you can edit more yeah, than you, you can, can add because yeah. you know, i don't expect people to get it right the first time but after but then you know you have the opportunity for me to explain to you what i understand what you're trying to do because i do feel like at the core of me miranda was just really trying to do the best she really was <laughs> she's, like, she's a sick white woman like, i will say does. i love that this they made it this storyline for her because i feel like i get kind of annoyed sometimes uh when shows really try to be super progressive just to be really just like relevant mm-hmm. and i love how they did this because they're not showing like they did oh, it in an uncomfortable way they d- yeah and also just showing like that she's trying to learn because I think, you know, it'd be different if like, okay, this new show. She now came all with a sudden, Black Lives Matter shirt. I'd right. Be like, we'd be Whoa. like, how do we get here? But I love that they're showing how uncomfortable it is for yeah. white women to like speak up and also learn and, you know, like figure out their privilege. Well, like, I, think that, I, think I think they did that so beautifully. As a black woman, obviously it pisses me off, but as a, from being objective, sitting, if I'm, if I was a white woman looking at it, it would probably make me feel more comfortable to be able to speak up. And at least I'm being taught the right and the wrong way. Are you way. speaking for white women right I now? I am. <laughs> I'm speaking for the Democrats, the white yeah. woman. So I do uh, understand why seeing that is going to be like, oh, okay, this is how to do yeah. it properly. Because not all white people have... Uh, you know either either they don't want to because they just don't feel like they have want to put that burden on a black person Mm -hmm. but someone has to teach white women or white people in general how to have those interactions so it's important um i yes and yes and no i don't think anyone needs to nest i don't the teaching part is very interesting right because it's like they should just have the insight, right? Like you should just know better. You should just have common sense in a but lot of situations. Gonna, how would they but know that? That's why I'm trying to get there in that <laughs> sense that like there is a fine line though. Yes. Like I do think in the sense that like Miranda's character is really fascinating in particular right now because there has been this interesting rebound effect. I feel like of what all the protests that happened in June of 2020 and every fucking white person I know reading Robin D'Angelo's book, mm-hmm. uh, White fragility and like all that shit where I'm like I think it's weird that a white woman wrote a book about how white people should act towards black people and people of color but she's also guilty of it it's like a cancer trying to tell you how to like cure cancer it's a very yeah that book I love that they name dropped that book quietly where she was like in white fragility you're supposed to and I think that's really interesting but I also think that's like the problem yes. is that why when, are you not looking <clears throat> to a black author exactly right. right like there's so many other great books for you to read Literally that i think so are many. less problematic and then also this idea that i think the miranda represents all these women that are very well-intentioned white women but have not had the interactions that are teachable moments right, right? so that's the point that i want to get is that it's they there is Everyone is ignorant of something. Right. It's just so weird when someone is ignorant of race in this day and age. Because yeah. it's like, how have you lived your entire life and not interact with someone who doesn't look like you? Right. Like, it right. just seems so out of it. And I love it for Miranda because I think, like you said, I do think that a lot of white women are going to watch it and be like, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm kind of guilty of that. I've definitely right. been that white woman that tried right. to stop a Karen in a car parking lot or right. whatever. But then I feel like there comes this moment where it's like, I think some white woman will watch that and be like, that's why I don't even try. Exactly. And that's what so, I told Steph earlier. Um, I think that, yeah, some 
some white women will probably watch that. And that's why, yeah, I was on the fence with the whole race thing. Because some white people watch, watch that and like, well, I don't see anything wrong with what she did. <laughs> and look how she reacted. So, because to some people, that's a black woman acting like an angry black woman, even though she wasn't yeah. at all. Which right. is why I think the storyline works better with Miranda than Charlotte. For sure. If it was we'll Charlotte. Crying, and yes. then it will be like, oh, here goes. Then it's white tears yes. and it's white fragility yes. and it's all that shit. Exactly. And I also then think that people will look at Charlotte and be like, how could you pick on that little bunny human right basically. she doesn't know better right. she doesn't know any better versus she has no responsibility yes versus someone like miranda who was like i mean she I also just, is a lawyer she yes, yeah. was just about to so say that who was sense. a lawyer and who was in this i had this like conversation where she's like i was in corporate law and then seeing the muslim ban i was like i can't work for the enemy anymore and it's like great that's the beginning, that's the beginning of when of her, you dismantle yeah, whiteness <laughs> yes you dismantle like white supremacy and step closer into allyship yeah right. and i I thought that was really great and amazing but like it's the eagerness yeah. that I feel like is really so, important to watch yeah, because yeah. it's cringy it's yeah. so because it makes people uncomfortable and I think there's a lot of white people that are going to watch it and feel really uncomfortable because they're going to realize I'm, I'm a fucking a Miranda yes, and right. that's right. good so I do right. like that it's where it's going and I just don't think it would have been fed correctly if it was through a Charlotte point of view even though Charlotte seems like the obvious choice but I honestly feel like Charlotte would be like I have a daughter is a woman of color or something yeah yeah exactly it it makes sense that it's miranda also i think it's just like not only is it a important conversation but also puts a time stamp you know of where we are now especially where they are in the 90s early 2000s like this wasn't a conversation and they weren't coming across stuff like this so it definitely just puts kind of like a time stamp especially when Carrie has a podcast, that's a definite timestamp on And comparing it to jury duty, I was like, okay, that's a little too much. I know. But I mean, she sucks at podcasting and I feel like I could teach her a few things, but I will say, okay, I will say, I really love the actor who plays Che. However, I do feel like Che is just becoming a sounding board that almost seems like, I don't know what the direction of that character was supposed Mm. to be because almost they just sound like a Twitter feed, like a very over the top kind of woke. It, it just seems too woke and it seems too forced. That part seems that will say is my little no is that part does seem slightly forced. Like, okay, woke moment. And it's just like, no one really says that. I know that we were like throwing on the word just right now, but no one really, that's not really a respected word to like, no, say. and like I, I just think it's I don't know the I, way that it was approached. It just seems so forced. Well, do you think because um, this might be a problematic statement? I uh, you think they're just trying to check the box? And oh, then, absolutely. Yeah, yeah for like, sure. You, know, you have because yeah. you. <laughs> I like what they did with Miranda, but that part could be slightly just tuned to down. Everything to me is. I think the fact that we can analyze it in this way proves to me that the writers may, it may have just been too forced Mm -hmm. because it's so clearly defined exactly. Okay. This is the black moment. Okay. This is to me, the 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 non-binary moment. moment. Okay. Now this is the carry moment. And this is the, and it's just, we'll see see what happens with the podcast and all that. Yeah. But I, I I don't understand it. The podcast? I don't understand any of that whole thing. Like, it's almost like... It's bringing the sex journalism to now something that's modern day. Well, I do understand that part, but I don't understand 
the Shay connection and you know the funeral. It's I just, think it's because Shay is the new editor from Vogue. Okay, like in the sense of how yeah, the storylines yeah. work and it. how like it. Carrie is. Okay, cha- you know what I mean? Because the best thing about um, and I'm blanking on her name right now, but one of my favorite actresses, actually character actresses, who plays the editor of Vogue was. Uh, teaching t- uh, Carrie at a really interesting point about old being an older woman mm-hmm. in a very young arena and mentoring Carrie, right. which was such a cool and that relationship's not talked about enough. Like her editor from Vogue That's was true, like yeah. a really dope ass older That's woman true, yeah, who was like, single, never married, and like really took Carrie under her wing in a very interesting way. And so yeah. I think the Che character is kind of a mentor in a well, new world. Kind of, that makes in sense. a new world. In yeah, a new I world. Agree. But I do think though what I miss the most about this version is there is no Carrie voiceover except the last line. Mm. The last line right. and is the title and then what and that we're was talking the whole about, brand, really. Yes, which yeah. is why I think the podcast is cheating that. That I think as the episodes progress, maybe Carrie's podcast voice will come over as a voiceover, but I right. think oh, they're maybe breaking not because away. I think- at the same, I don't. I think they intentionally do not want this to be sex. No, they yeah, don't. They're just it's trying to make so it so obvious. Yeah, yeah. so sure. that's why they're like, if we do this, it's it will if that will coincide so much to. They're using the same recipe but doing different ingredients. Different ingredients. Yes, yeah. because the main thing that is the same recipe is like what we were talking about, like where it's like the black professor moment, the woke moment is like that is what the episodes were about. It's like fetishes is this episode. Mm. This episode is about boyfriends that prejaculate. Like it was like <laughs> every. <laughs> Same kind of format. Yes, yeah. it was the same theme throughout the episode, and so now it feels like they're doing that in even tinier, bite-sized versions, mm-hmm. where it's like now it's smaller versions of this is the woke moment between Miranda actually being a savior and not a white savior, right? Right. right. And I think that's really interesting that they're at least keeping that thread. But yes, to your and point, I, I think they're avoiding sexism. I do like how they kind of talk they kind of showed how to not be a white savior and how to be a white savior. And they made it so clear. They're like, okay, white people, this is how you do it and this is how you don't do it. When it's instincts, like, I'll do that for anyone and that's when it's natural. You you bring your book and hit someone outside by the head. And it was so strange to me that no one else did anything, but that does happen. It does happen. Um, I, I will say the one moment that I thought was the weirdest, though, is that in her own little way is when Miranda goes off on Che at the funeral. Yeah. That felt just like so weird to me because I was just kind of, I don't know. It just felt so, it just felt forced like where Miranda was. Can we talk about Brady? I know we're at 40 minutes in and I really want to make this less than an hour, but like, can we just talk about the Brady moment? Yes, the we're kids. talking about the kids. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, the funeral where yeah, the, she's like the mama right. bear. And I don't understand that because I, you're, you're, you're letting you're, your little fucking seventeen year old boy fuck in the house. In the house, but yeah. Now, so well, that, 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 to me, it was just like. So I was like, oh, maybe that's That's what I'm saying. Like, where do you draw the fucking line? Like, it's it's also the whitest storyline ever. (laughs) Like, I know so many, my friend, my family would never have let me to, but I have so many friends that have, it is such a white thing. They have your kid just fuck and just like, whatever. But the thing is that was strange to me was that was a white moment, but the moment at the end when she saw him smoking and he said something smart. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when he said something smart. You're crazy. Yeah. And then she walked back up to him and she was like, what did you say? I was like, that's a black moment 
<laughs> that's what was strange That's why Miranda's the best Because sometimes. I was yeah. like, my mom, first of all, it's not even a black moment. I would say it's probably a... That's a mom that's, moment. That's a, that's a, I think that's a... So, my mom uh, would have done like, I was going to say a, a, mom, a mom moment. moment. My mom would have pulled my hair and dragged me out of there. I was going to say, but that is maternal. That was a maternal second. fully black moment because I wouldn't even have the wherewithal to even say something smart. Like to how, your mother, to my like mom, that, like yeah. That. But I feel like maybe a non-black person or a non-black child will have the balls to say something like that, but then react the same way he did. And I mean, that's like where I feel like the humanity bit was is that it wasn't a black, like you know what I mean. Right. Like here you are being like, oh yeah, I guess it wasn't a black mom moment. It was like a maternal moment. It's just right. like a reaction. But then of, I can't say that because where was your maternal moment when your son's having sex in your in your house? Okay, you so that <laughs> I that I understand that I mean that's like what my original point was is that I thought it was weird that she doesn't draw yeah. the line with sex, but she does draws the lines with well, drugs, yeah. right? But I do know of couple friends that are white that have had where they're like, oh yeah, my parents were okay with my boyfriend sleeping over because they were like their parents being like, if you need to have a safe place to have sex, at least I know that you're having it in my house. You're being responsible. You're using protection. Like there is this like, open kind of so bohemian you know it it is like but it's also kind of Frankie yeah, <laughs> yes but it also is getting away around the whole puritan factor of don't make it so taboo either because then kids seek the things that you tell don't. them to not and I do love how I was like mom you're not gonna sex shame me I would yeah. die right and it's like it's <laughs> and it's this very oh interesting thing I think I maybe it was oh <laughs> I think it was over the top of the headboard was hitting um yeah which by the way I have to say right now I gotta defend my guy steve i don't like that they're making steve like this like old crumpy <laughs> hobbit steve. he's the best i love, I love steve. steve i, I love steve and i love him. i am team steve he's and i love smith he was Those tender are my boys. but this time he's just de- he was tender before now he's but just now delicate he's which is why he was so perfect for miranda because miranda was such like a bitter a, like right, kind alpha. of like tough alpha and he like really softened you her. know what they're dynamic is so much like my mom and my stepdad like steve reminds me so much of my stepdad Mm. i'm like this is larry like (laughs) and like my mom mom is like so aggressively alpha and then like steve larry just like i'm just gonna let you just be yeah and like loves her and like how he just was like if you were in that box i would have lost my my shit like there's so many great moments in that and i feel like they're trying to I also think it would be weird. I, don't, I would also think it would be weird though if Miranda was like also trying to stop her son from having sex because I also don't feel like that's her, her either. Yeah. She's very hippie. Right. She does have her. Yeah. She is a lawyer, but she and does have both have sex vibes. on the show because Samantha's not there, so somebody's yeah. got to have sex. So exactly. I mean, uh, let's be honest. I don't think Charlotte and Harry are having. I love no. Harry, but I don't think he's getting they, any they not soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't think so? Oh no. <laughs> if anything, I maybe like I, you know. I think that Brady is the only age appropriate person on the show that can, I mean like Lily and Rose are not having sex either right right, right? like and obviously Rose is going through a very interesting tr- like existence you know maybe right. she she's maybe she's a tomboy maybe she's fluid mm, like who yeah, knows but yeah. I will say Shay and Miranda were flirting that was some flirtation that I think might I think something yeah, might there happen. Was, there was I, a yeah, little I bit of I have a I have a theory that there's gonna be a, there, yeah, there could be. We'll see. I think Shay and also I do okay. They got along for a reason. They, they, there's a they, lot they, they were happening. really highlighting that that relationship yes. a little bit. So there could be some kind of yeah. yeah, and also I think there. it's very interesting the way that they're handling uh, the hidden storyline of Miranda's alcoholism. 
Mm. Right? Because the first episode, she goes to a bar and they're like, we don't oh, serve until 11. Right. And she sits. Like 11 somewhere. And then she'll yes. like, she's like, oh, and the, she's like, oh, wait. And then she goes to the funeral oh. and is like, no, but my husband Sorry, brought the alcohol. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? We don't have enough wine. Give me the bourbon neat. Yeah. And then she has two bourbon neats at the funeral. I know. Look, the kid of an alcoholic is being like, I know the sign. <laughs> but I do think that's a very interesting storyline for her. That's a, that such is. a good catch. That's such a good catch because I didn't catch that. But like, yeah, I think there's a flirtation happening with Shay. I understand. I wonder, I wonder if they will do like a poly or open relationship type. That's of what thing. I'm thinking. Is yeah. I'm thinking that Shay is going to. I don't. Maybe, maybe to though. Me, you got that okay. Be so forced to me. That's just like. I'm sorry. What about this show hasn't been forced? Been, right. <laughs> but I mean, where do we stop? My Wait, God. I mean, there is a line, but I also feel like it could. It, it could, could happen. And that's my thing with TV. I understand. Or she cheats because he cheated on her. I understand representation. I understand. I understand all of that, obviously. But like every show has to have that same blueprint. And I get it because if they don't, then they're going to have a reaction from that particular crowd of mm -hmm. people. But I'm just like, if it's not true to your story, don't add it. Don't. But people yeah. try and check every single box to be everything for everyone. And then that's when you get the kind of certain things that are just lost. Right. As the person we'll who will see. We'll see what happens in the next coming episodes and how they play everything out. Yes, because as someone who I feel like I have to defend my industry is screenwriting. I Yes, I completely agree with you. But I think a lot of that also has to do with people panic because they hear that representation totally. matters. And then what they hear is we don't, we're not, we don't have enough. Right. And then they just overdo it to a point where you're like, ah, this was really unnecessary. Right. You know what I mean? It needs to happen organically because it's like the same way that like, you don't need to have every demographic in every story of every show, you right. know? Like, but, and then there's other creative ways that they could do it. If you mm -hmm. have black writers in the room, Asian writers in the room, LGBTQIA writers in the room, they can insert their perspective in an interesting creative way but it doesn't have to be so blatant and obvious i just think i just do you want to go talk to the wga and tell them to start no. hiring diverse rooms yeah i just want <laughs> i just want because then you won't feel the need to make it so blatant if yeah. these people were actually behind the scenes inserting their 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 thoughts in the storyline it would right. and then finding more creative and innovative ways to incorporate them it doesn't have to be so here there's a black woman yeah. I yeah. Think, no. I, mean, I think the whole like podcast thing I think is great how they have like a non-binary oh, host perfect. but I think the structure of the show and the it things that they so were saying forced. and the word is, the way that the script was written was yes. like totally off like I'm, they could have kept right. that but just maybe and that not just shows so like to Jess's point like you need diverse writers in the room you don't just need diversity on TV right yeah. and that's like what's happening right now is that a lot of people are like oh my god Hollywood's really like finally catching up and it's like no like that room that writer's room was still very white. white and very yeah. male and like you know diverse in the sense of like maybe like sexuality and orientation but that only goes so far, far you right. know so i think that like what people are seeing is that they're finally 
they're seeing diversity on screen yes. and that's where I feel like the evil side of Hollywood is like is that not enough for you fucking right, people right. and it stops there versus studios being like I mean in the sense of like how people get you know hired is sometimes they're like oh we already have a black writer right what the fuck what, what, that, what does that even mean that's right. not fair so right. it's like you know the industry itself is this is what happens when you have people that are told to put diversity on your screen but not in their rooms right you get this right. forced, forced feeling exactly and, sure, you know and sure. I feel like that the actor who plays Che is super tight and amazing but I almost feel like they phoned it in in a weird yeah. way like I've seen them give amazing per like amazing performances. Uh, performances before and now it just seems like I feel like they're just reading the script and being like <laughs> everyone thinks this is whack right Tell like me, is right. she from, where have I seen her oh she in, I um, think um Grey's Anatomy oh Grey's Anatomy um and then also oh god what is Grey's Anatomy show? that I knew I was like I know that face I also if anyone watched Madam Secretary uh that's how like I love yeah so it's like <laughs> I, I just think it's really interesting that you have this actor that I feel like hopefully felt comfortable enough to say things yes but then I also am like it just seems forced, forced. is the actor in real life non-binary I think so okay. I believe I mean that's why I'm also like I being wonder. mad careful with the vocabulary but I believe that uh che, like that actor is non-binary is they in real them? Life. I believe so I could okay. be wrong um because they were born as a woman and for a very long time was using she her pronouns as right. well when she was in um, grays yeah in grays and then even on what's it called even on madam secretary the storyline was that the uh, their pronouns was they, she. So they were okay with like the fluctuation of it. But yeah, but I feel like there is a time and um, I think there's an important place for actors like Shay to feel like they can say things and be, I guess, free. But I'm excited to see where the show goes in the sense that like I... I like the awkwardness of this like wokeness because it is how 60 year old people are yes, reacting right. to it. Yeah, it's like true. I do it's think true. this show is very authentic to um, this Their audience. Characters. This is, this Their is exactly, ex yeah. that is exactly where I would see Charlotte. Right. That is exactly. exactly where I would see Miranda. It's very authentic to like who they were in Sex and the City, but now it's, yeah. it's modernizing. And I feel like they through. almost are having to come back off of that horrific, very problematic Second. movie. Oh yeah. When they went to <laughs> India. Um, the worst one. Yeah. Worst Saudi movie. Arabia. It's so bad. Oh, it's Saudi so Arabia. painful, and like oh we don't God. talk about that. We don't. We have, I try to black it out. I like I've seen that movie like a million times, but I keep forgetting what it's about. No, it's you. It's the it. first movie, and then it's and just like that, we do not. Talk we don't about talk about the second one. Well, we're running out of time. Oh, okay. So sorry. in conclusion, we're gonna do this every week. So yes. we'll talk about it. We'll do this over Zoom. Just come over every new episode. We'll probably release this every. I'll figure it out. Yeah, y'all just stay tuned. Out. Yeah, every week it's going to be coming out. Uh, and let us know your thoughts. DM us and let us know what your thoughts are on and just like that. But so far, I'm loving it. So I far, am a fan. And we'll see where where it goes because I could change my mind. But I, I've so far, I really am loving the first two episodes. Right. I'm excited to see what happens. But we'll see how we feel later. How about you guys? Yeah, I mean, it's still <laughs> it's pending for me. There's a lot of white people on the show. And so yeah. it's pending. There's always been hella white people on that show. That's <laughs> right. the one thing I find mad consistent about it's, that show is like hella white people. people. Yeah, but I do appreciate the show for what it is. So we'll see. 
I I enjoy it. I do like it. I like, I just, yeah, I just don't think it's Sex in the City and I'm enjoying this new show that's yeah. very weird. Yeah. And I'm curious our, to see, yeah. like, what happens. And I'll, I feel yeah. like I'll have a better opinion later of how I I feel. might come back next week and be like, Fuck this show. I know. I might as well, too. I mean, knowing sometimes how that show goes, I might not like it. But if anything, I'm going to tune in for the fashion. And if anything... Oh, for sure. The fashion, 100%. We didn't even talk about that. The fashion was great. If anything, it'll just be a good thing to talk about. It's a great thing to talk about. It's a great conversation. The fact that we're doing this podcast shows that someone over there knows what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they're very smart over at the like entire Sex and the City camp or whatever. But yes, the fashion... Oh my god! The we'll best talk about it in the next episode. We'll talk about the fashion. All right, plug yourselves, bitches. Jessica Clark, J dot Clark, C L A R K E underscore on Instagram. Rose underscore Etta Stone, Etta with two T's. And then follow me, Stephanie Megan, over to com. All that shit is there. So stay tuned for our next bonus episode next week. Fuck Peloton. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Peloton. Justice for Peloton. Justice. Peloton lives matter. <laughs> you said that. You said that. Not us. Not us. We didn't say that. Okay. Justice for Big. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Broke girl therapy. Broke girl therapy. Broke girl therapy. Broke girl therapy. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.